0: Welcome to Inner Beauty Code. I'm your host, Rachel Fialco, a psychology master student, makeup artist, and yoga teacher. Join me weekly on a journey of self-discovery, exploring psychology, wellness, spirituality, beauty, and beyond. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Inner Beauty Code. I am so excited about our guest today. Her name is Ashley Redmond, and she is an astrologer and an astrology teacher. She happened to be my astrology teacher at one point, and I learned so much about
1: astrology from her, and I'm so excited for her to be on today. Ashley, welcome. Thank you, and thank you for having me. I'm Ashley, and I have been dabbling in astrology since I was about 9 or 10 years old. so I have been drawn to astrology from a very young age and it wasn't until about four years ago that I started to offer services professionally so
0: amazing wonderful well let's get right into it because I know I can't keep you all day long because we could sit here and talk for hours that's okay
1: that's okay let's do it
0: what i was saying to ashley is that most people when you think of astrology and when you think of you know your sun sign what are you when i ask people what their what their astrology sign is they don't believe in it and they're like oh i don't believe in it i'm a leo and that doesn't sound like me but as we know there is so much more to someone's astrology chart than just the sun sign so i want to kind of give people more information on what exactly is in a chart and how beyond their sign i'm a cancer you are a sagittarius beyond that what is there involved in a chart or what makes you up
1: as a whole in astrology (laughs) yes the Birth chart is a snapshot of the planets the moment you take your first breath. Okay? It's like if the if the if the solar system stood still the moment you were born, right? It would show you where all 10 planets were and in what 12 signs they fell into. Each of these planets represents a different aspect of ourselves, our personality, our psychology, as well as the astrological constellations that they fall into. Now this has been around for thousands of years and it is an incredible tool to help us understand ourselves, to help us understand our needs, our wants and desires. And one thing I wanted to touch on is oftentimes we'll talk about the sun sign. The sun sign is the easiest thing for us to figure out. One very interesting tidbit I learned is that historically, back in the day, you know, we had kings and queens and and all these things, they had their own personal astrologers. And when someone would ask you what your sign was, they were not referring to your sun sign, because your sun sign is important, but it is not the most detailed or specific. What they were referring to was your ascendant. And the ascendant is the sign that is on the horizon the moment you are born. So some will say that the ascendant is more specific and more detailed and personal than your son's sign, because the ascendant is right at that moment you are born and the ascendant can change within a Mm -hmm. moment, right? So I was born at 1151 AM as a Pisces ascendant. If I put in my time as 1145, I become an Aquarius ascendant. That changes my entire chart. It changes my ascendant. And the ascendant is how we appear. It's what we look like. It's also how we show up in the world and it's how other people see us. I always say the ascendant is like the storefront. It's your branding. It's your image. So understanding that aspect of ourselves is extremely important because it's very detailed and it says so much about who we are
0: i love that yes and then so ascendant or also your rising sign that's a yes that's, as you said you're very important a very important part of your chart but then there's also the moon Venus, Jupiter, and Mars, and Mercury—that are all very important, influential parts of your chart as well, because those are the personal planets, right? Those are like the ones that are specific to you or more most important to you personally, right?
1: Yes. So back to personal planets, we have our Sun, right? And I, I know that we get really confused with our Sun sign and our ascendant, so this is one way to look at your Sun. Your sun is the boss. Your sun is the boss of all the planets in your chart. Remember, we have 10 planets in our chart. Sun is number one. The sun is the one that makes the decision, right? So maybe we have our sun in Capricorn, okay? That's an earth sign. That's somebody who is very ambitious. They're a hard worker. They are they like things traditional. They're very foundational. You know, it's somebody you want to have in charge of organizing things, Right. And then let's say their ascendant is in Aquarius. Aquarius is different. It's quirky. It's unique. It wants to do things differently. And remember, rising or ascendant is how we show up in the world. It's how we appear. It's how we dress. Okay. Then we would have what's third most important is our moon. Okay. Our moon in astrology is our inner world. So think of your sun as your outer world. What you you, uh, aspire to be, what inspires you your life force energy, what you want to conquer. So for me as a Sagittarius, I would see my son as what I want to accomplish in life, what I hope to be freedom, rebellion, intelligence, spiritual. I want to explore the world cultures and languages and also Sagittarius is very enthusiastic it's optimistic it it believes it can do anything and everything there's no limitations okay so that's our sun our sun is what we aspire to be and what we want to do and what we hope to grow into now back to the moon the moon is our internal world it's our emotions it's what we need on an a um, inner level right it's our inner world It is how we want to be nurtured and how we nurture other people. It's how we process our emotions. So I always say that if you're a woman, you really need to understand your moon sign because it's the feminine. It's the feminine planet in astrology. It is how we feel. And as women, Everything is about how we feel. So, if we can really understand and identify what our moon needs, then we will know how to make ourselves happy. We will also know how to express our needs and wants to other people that we have relationships with.
0: Yeah. And that's so funny. Like, I'm obviously a cancer. So, my ruling son, like my, not my son, but my son is a cancer and I have a big influential moon. But then my moon is in Aquarius, which is kind of like completely opposite. And so yes. I have different energies.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And what is your ascendant again? I'm a Libra rising. Yeah. Okay. So your chart is ruled by the moon and by Venus. Venus, yeah. Yes. Of course. Look at you. You're beautiful. Mm-hmm. You're very feminine. You love your makeup, your hair, <laughs> your outfits, right? So you have the most, the two most feminine planets ruling your chart. They're in charge of you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 And that is, again, more influential than than just the sun, just the cancer part of it. So,
1: yeah. Right. Right. But cancer, since cancer is ruled by the moon, that is an energy that rules your chart, right? So it's feminine. It's soft. It's nurturing. It's creative, right? That's that's who you are. And then your Venus, which is your Libra Sun in it. It's also beauty, it's femininity, it's love, creativity. So anything you do that has to do with women, beauty, creating, right, sharing, helping, giving back, you're going to be happy in life. So that's, that's good. And then your moon in Aquarius, it wants to help groups of people. It wants to share with groups of people and it wants to create community. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Makes total yeah. sense. See you guys. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> and and a lot of people, you know, they, they're skeptical about it. And that's fine. That's fine. But it is startlingly accurate. And it's really freaky. And it's really crazy. And I've seen it play out in my own life. And it's just, I'm like, how? Like, you can't make this stuff up. The synchronicities of all of it and the timing. Um, for example, I'm a North Node Taurus, So guys, really important to know also our North node. I always stress the North node. If you want to learn about your, your, what you're here to uh, learn, what you're here to do, how you're here to evolve, right? You want to take it to the next level in your life. Learn about your North node and our North node tells us the path that we need to take in order to learn certain characteristics and to further our soul's growth in this lifetime. So my North node is in Taurus and That is what I'm here to learn. I'm here to become more Taurus-like. I'm here to learn how to slow down. I'm here to learn to be patient. Yeah, right. I'm a Sagittarius fire sign, fire moon, so patience is not my virtue, but it's something I'm trying to learn, and also taking my time with things. Right, not rushing, not being impulsive. So I have a lot to learn with my North Node and Taurus. Now it is god's humor that i was surrounded by tauruses i have four siblings that are tauruses and i have two both of my children that are tauruses so it is not always easy with me but my point is that with your north node you're being challenged and those challenges are helping you to grow so i strongly suggest looking up your north node if you want to get further into your astrology there's a lot of information about that And then also remembering the people in your life that share the same sign as your North Node, you know, close relationships, they're typically put in your life to be your teachers.
0: I love that. And I also have the North Node in Taurus and
1: Taurus are... The tourists are yes. the teachers of the zodiac. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. They are. They are. And they're helping us learn something. Now, I always say they're not model citizens. You know, those people that share our north know that we're close to. They're not model citizens, but there's something in those relationships or the way that, that they are. They're teaching you something. Yeah. I All love right. that. So we're always learning. I love it. So. I wanted to ask too, maybe
0: if, I mean, all the houses mean something different, but you know, you yes. Ashley mentioned you have your 10 planets in 12 different houses. They can show up mm-hmm. in your chart and each house represents something differently. It could be in a, in a different sign, but they all mean something different. And I know that's a huge uh, topic to cover, but can we touch on that just a little bit? Yes.
1: Yes, so we have 12 houses in astrology. Each of the 12 houses, it represents a different area of our lives. And this can get so detailed and wild and crazy, but to just get to be really simple and break it down, our first house is the house of the ascendant, not to confuse you guys. So the first house is always ruled by the ascendant. So for example, I'm a Pisces. My first house is ruled by Pisces. The first house is our physical appearance. It's how we look. It's our body. And it's also, fun fact, our early childhood. Okay? So sometimes if I see some wild planets in the first house or that I would consider wild planets for the first house, like Uranus, which is an Aquarian energy... Typically, that's somebody who has a very interesting sense of style, they even maybe look a little different, or they carry themselves a little different, or they are just leading in life with like more of a sense of rebellion and breaking the mold. Okay, so and that could be in any sign. That's what's so crazy about astrology is that you can mix and match, you know, depending when you're born these different energies and seeing when, how they culminate in a human being is really the most interesting thing. So first house is how we look. It's also our face, right? It's our body. And it's how other people see us. Second house is money. It's what we receive. It's our earnings. It's our values. And it's also, fun fact, our taste in food. Mm. Didn't know that. It's also how we spend oh, yeah. money, right? Yes. Yeah. So if we have maybe Aries or Sagittarius in our second house, which is fire signs, we like to spend money fast <laughs> and we like to do things quickly with money. So it might come in, it might come out, right? Third house is how we communicate, it's how we share our ideas and thoughts, it's also how we process information, and it's how we connect with our immediate groups. Also, the house of siblings. Fourth house is very important. It's our home, it's our family, it's our upbringing. It also has a lot to do with our mother and our father. Mainly, it's the house that's ruled by mom, okay? And it's the natural home of the moon. So, it's our private world. And even this energy, it talks about our upbringing and our families, but it also is the same energy that we will always carry in each of the homes we live in. So it doesn't change. And then our fifth house is our house of children. It's the house of creativity. It's what we bring to life. It's also the house of romance and fun, hobbies, parties, dating, sex, some sex there. Yeah, (laughs) that too. And then the sixth House is our health, it's our routine, it's how we spend our days, it's the energy around our daily life. So here's another interesting thing. I see a lot of Libra ascendants, they often have Pisces ruling their sixth house of daily life. And a lot of these Libra ascendants, they have a really hard time figuring out what they want to do. What do they what work do they want to do? How do they want to spend their days? The reason is is Pisces is this energy that has no boundaries. It has no discipline Pisces is about dreams it's about sleep so I recommend often to Libra ascendants: you need to do something creative you need to be doing something different every day and you need to have flexibility in your life if you can and listen to how you feel because Pisces is always about how we feel and your days are going to be dictated by your emotions <laughs> and your health. Sounds true. Yeah. Right. And next is the seventh house. The seventh house is partnership. Most importantly, it's marriage. It's long-term commitments. It's our marriage partner. It's how we connect in our close relationships. It's about us coming together with other people and how we do that and what we do. And The eighth house is the house of transformation. It's the house of death. It's the house of rebirth. It's the house of surgeries, it's taxes, it's debts, it's shared resources. It's also a money house, but typically it's money that we have connected to other things, entities, people, businesses, loans, all these things. The eighth house is a very interesting house to study because there is just so much that goes on in that area and a lot of people are kind of afraid of the eighth house but it's a lot of stuff it's Scorpio it's like it's psychic it's intuitive it's how we regenerate how we rebirth ourselves I mean can be brutal but it can also be good it can be high highs and low lows Also, most importantly, I would say, look at the eighth house as our psychology. That's our psychology. Okay. So there's a lot, there's a lot there in that eighth house. And we want to kind of understand our eighth houses because it tells us about our fears in life and it tells us how to overcome our fears in life. Then we get on to something much lighter, which is the ninth house. The ninth house is our beliefs. It's religion, it's spirituality, it's long distance travel, it's foreigners, foreign people, it's college, it's higher education. And then we get into the 10th house. So the 10th house is at the top of our charts. That's our legacy. That's what makes us tick, like what we want to accomplish in life, what we want to be known for. It's also our social reputation, right? It's how people see us in the world. So that one's an important one. When we're looking to see what is it that I want to do with my life, not my day, my life, what do I want to be? Who do I want to be? Looking at your 10th house really helps you answer that question.
0: And and for the 10th house, for both of us, we both have like, it's very important for us both because we both have our son there as well yes. in the 10th house, Yes, is like us in our career.
1: <laughs> yes. And being in the so, world. Another thing that's important for us to know is the sun. What house do we have our sun? That's the area of life you are here to fulfill. So if we've got our sun in the 5th house, that's a lot of creative energy. That could be creating art, it could be making things, it could be designing, it could be parties, it could be the restaurants industry, it could be hospitality. It could be children, it could be being a mother. Now, going back to you and I, with the son in the 10th house, that's the top of your chart. That's the most public area of your chart. People with their son in the 10th house, it's a very entrepreneurial placement. We have to be our own bosses. We cannot work for other people. We can try, it's not easy. But we have this inner sense of needing to accomplish things in our life. And when I say that, it's not being the CEO of a Fortune 500 company always per se. It's that whatever you're doing, you have this internal pressure that you need to be the best at what you are, who you are. So you could, you could be a yoga teacher. You could be a mom, a stay at home mom. You could be a doctor, but there's this internal pressure for you to succeed and be the best at whatever you're doing. Right? So it's a very masculine placement as well um, and it's and it's funny because people with the sun in their 10th house oftentimes they just feel this pressure and this expectation from people and they're like why does everybody care what I do because your sun is in the 10th house and people expect you to do big things cool so no pressure yeah <laughs> <laughs> People look up to you, and then we get to the eleventh house. So the eleventh house is groups. It's it's large groups. It's it's community. It's our friends. It's our social circle. It's also the house of hopes, wishes, and dreams, and helpful people. So oftentimes, if we have a transit, and a transit is when a planet moves through that through a house. Um, a big transit through that 11th house will change friends, will change friend groups, will change our social circle. We'll have really helpful people coming in that want to help us, you know, get to the next level. And then there's the 12th house, which is very kind of strange and murky, just like the 8th, but not as. The 12th house is the last house in astrology, it's the house of healing, it's the house of sleep, it is the house of our subconscious, it's the house of spirituality. And it is also the house of our past life. So we can also see once people have planets in that 12th house, what are those energies that they're carrying over karmically that they're still needing to work through? So, for example, I have Mars and I have Venus, which are two love planets in my 12th house. So I have some karma around relationships and I definitely have some karma around um, value, around you know, Mars is fighting, it's arguing. And so it's always interesting when we see the planets in the 12th house because it will tell us a lot about that person's karmic cycles in this lifetime as well as what needs to be figured out. And you
0: know, it's so wild, Ash? I haven't talked to you in a while but i uh this guy that i was um you know seeing it and it was whatever his chart like he, he i can't get him to get his specific birth time he just i think it was like eight thing. or nine a.m yeah right he has so many planets in the 12th house like i've never seen that in the 10th and 11th house yeah it was wild i was like he has like quadruple stellium <laughs> they're
1: all in the 12th house I was like wow that's wow. that's in Aquarius yes it and it and it I mean of course just like anything it depends on the sign it will tell us about so much about the theme of a past life and the planets that were there for example I've seen people with their son in the 12th house the sun in astrology it's the masculine it's our, our life force and what we're here to do but it's also our fathers and I oftentimes see people with The son in the 12th house they have a lot of stuff with the dad uh one big karma with the dad (laughs) and big karma that plays out in this lifetime with the dad and it's not always bad it's not always bad no yeah Tells me as an astrologer that there is a huge contract, a soul contract between this person and their dad. And also when I see the moon in the 12th house, which represents mom, there's a lot that needs to be healed or that's being healed or not in this lifetime with mom. And another thing I want to say about our charts, we have these charts that, you know, we are born and the sun's here, the moon's there, Venus is there, Mercury's there, all that stuff. And no one has a perfect chart. Right. We all have things that we're here to learn, do and understand and overcome and accomplish. Uh, And I want to say also, it's free will. Right. So just because we have something in our chart, it doesn't mean that's your destiny. You know, that doesn't mean you're 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 destined to be that or you're destined to be this. It's what we do with what we have, what we're given, just like anything. It's making lemon lemonade out of lemons, right? So for example, this is a fun fact. Venus in the 12th house often indicates somebody that is more prone to affairs and secret lovers. Ooh. We see that a lot. So does it mean that you're gonna be a cheater or does it mean that your your partner is going to cheat on you? No, it doesn't. But there's more to understand about that, right? So we have these aspects. We don't necessarily have to give them life or give them energy. But when we understand our chart and what we're made of, we can understand why we have these things we need to work on.
0: So crazy. I love that. And then I wanted to touch on, you know, love is obviously a big, a big question. So the the... Uh, talking about uh, Venus and Mars in your chart, and then maybe even like the seventh and the fifth house a little bit more pertaining to love. Because one thing I, I did learn from you too is that there are patterns in our astrology chart that repeat themselves at least twice or multiple times. And yes, and I have my Mars is conjunct my Sun in the 10th house, and then I have my seventh house is Aries, so all these. Fifth house is ruled by Capricorn, so just my Venus is in Taurus in the eighth house. So those things I know that you mentioned to me are all things indicators to look at when you're thinking about like what kind of partner do I like or what who do I attract or what am I
1: attracted to. So maybe Mm -hmm. we can just touch on. So often, I the biggest questions I get are it's from the ladies. The ladies want to know oftentimes when they're single or even when they're with somebody, when am I going to meet somebody? When am I going to get married? And this is the thing with astrology. You could have an, an aspect, which is how the planets connect, the transits, all that. You could have it a million different ways. When you look back at when you meet the person that you're supposed to be with, you can see all these things that happen. But it's very hard to predict. Now, I think what the most important thing to do with our astrology, with we know what we have, right? We know what our planets are and all that stuff. We can look at our moon, which is going to tell us about our needs as a woman, what makes us feel safe, what makes us feel taken care of. Okay. So study your moon, study your Venus. That's our desires, how we want to be loved. It's our love language and how we express love. Secondly is Mars. That's what we're attracted to in a masculine. That's, that's our sex drive. That's what gets us going, right? That's what's like, woo. you know, it's that primitive energy in our chart. Mars is how we go after things and it's what we want right? And it's how we get what we want. So looking at Mars, right? So if we have our Mars and Capricorn, I'm going to be attracted to a guy that's hardworking, ambitious, and is a good provider and is very masculine. Now, somebody that has their Mars in cancer, they're going to want nurturing. They're going to want love. They're going to want affection. They're going to want to be hugged and kissed. They're going to want more romance, okay? So we're all different. And if we can understand those things, you know, what's checking off the box for all of our astrological needs, that's going to help us choose the right partner. Now, nothing's perfect. Uh, Another thing is also our sun. Our sun is the most basic part of who we are. So as a Sagittarius, I need freedom. I need freedom. I need space. I need to be left alone. And and I need somebody that's going to let me be who I am as an individual because that's what we're all about. We're all about our independence and vice versa. So, for me personally and all the planets in my chart, I might not do well with a water sign, right? I'm going to do probably better with an air sign, like an Aquarius or a Gemini. Might get a little too manic with a Gemini and the Sagittarius, but that's just me. That's me personally. But I'm going to do better with an air sign because air signs and fire signs. They get each other. They're both a little quirky. They're both a little odd. They both need their space. And also like uh, earth and water, they do really well together. So looking at your elements, it's not always the case. We see air signs with water signs and so on and all these strange combinations because there's so much more to the chart than just our suns. But if you guys match elementally, like with people, fire and air, earth and water, those are, that's a good start. Right, or even earth and earth, or water and water, fire and fire, air and air. What else to look at? Another very specific thing to look at in our charts regarding relationships and what we need is our Juno. And Juno is an asteroid, Juno is the key to what makes us happy in a long term relationship or marriage. We've got our Venus, we've got our Mars. Those things get turned on and we're attracted to somebody, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going to keep us there. It might get us into bed, but it's not going to keep us interested. So Juno is really the pillars of what is going to keep us committed and happy. So if you know you're Juno, that's going to help you a lot when, you can, when you're choosing somebody or you're making decisions around relationships.
0: Perfect. What else can we cover, Ash, in the time that you have left? I mean, we have career, money, um, skills, children. Anything else that you think is important? Health. Oh, yeah.
1: Health. I forgot about health. Okay. So let's talk about wellness, a little bit about wellness. So also our wellness is tied into our charts and astrology and learning about our sixth house. Okay. So if you want to understand how to be more efficient, happier, and more productive in your day, look at your sixth house. Your sixth house is going to tell you what you need in your daily life to function. It's going to also tell you about what you need food-wise, health-wise, exercise, right? So for example, someone with, with maybe a fire sign that's ruling their sixth house, like Aries or Sagittarius, right? Or Leo You need to be busy and you need momentum in your daily life, right? You need physical exertion. I've seen people that are a little lazier with Aries in the sixth house. And I'm like, you have to be going to the gym. You have to be working out. Otherwise, you're going to not feel your best and you're going to start under utilizing your energy and your vitality because the sixth house tells us how we need to take care of ourselves and so if we can understand the energy that rules our sixth house like our like if it's libra you know we need balance in our day we need beauty beauty in our day we need harmony in our day or if it's something like Sagittarius, we need something that's exciting about our day. We need movement. We need exercise. We need to talk to different people. We need to socialize. We need freedom, right? So looking at your sixth house, that's going to tell you so much about how to take care of yourself. And also looking at your first house, that's going to tell you about your body and what your body needs as well.
0: I love that.
1: Ashley, thank you so much for all this information. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. And I hope to see you again. We can cover so many things regarding astrology and also what's coming up in 2024. You guys have to look up Pluto and Aquarius because it's going to be a lot of change for all of us.
0: Do you want to touch on that a little bit now or would you rather touch on that another day? Let's do it next time.
1: (laughs) Next time. Perfect. Because it's a lot. It's a lot. It is for the next, like, 20 years. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, we can come back <laughs> to that. <laughs> yeah. Ashley, thank you
0: so thank much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. Oh, one, more, one more question. Where can people
1: find you if they want to know know how to get in touch with you? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram. at Ashley Redmond, and it's A-S-H-L-I-E-R-E-D-M-O-N-D. That's how you guys can get in touch with me and DM me. Perfect. Okay.
0: Thanks, Ash. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you got some valuable takeaways from this episode. Info will be in the show notes, but the Inner Beauty Code podcast is available on all major listening platforms. Don't forget to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode.